0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning. I don't think Happy so. Thanksgiving. Does he want that? Once again, what is this, the, uh, the fourth day of the feast? <laughs> One of the uh, lesser-known saints commemorated today... Saint Frumentius, the uh, Archbishop, the Enlightener of Ethiopia. Guess who ordained Bishop Frumentius? Saint Athanasius. <laughs> and sent him to Ethiopia. And today there are millions and millions of Christians in Ethiopia. The gospel lesson today is the same, almost, the same gospel lesson that we read on the first Sunday of the Great Lent, where uh, Philip uh, goes and gets Nathaniel and, and brings him to the Lord. Today... Because of the mention of uh, Andrew, who we commemorate on this day, the Gospel lesson is backed up a little bit to tell this story of the encounter of uh, Andrew and Peter. And as I backed it up, I kept, back, kept backing up, and I was reviewing the whole first chapter of, of the Gospel of John uh, in my preparation. Today and I remember once uh, Father popko pointed out that that the first chapter of the Gospel of John presents Jesus Christ as the Word and as the Lamb of God. In the first part of the chapter, he's pre- presented to us as the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and, and so on. We We read this at Pascha, right, at Easter time. But then the second part of this chapter has John the Baptist pointing to Jesus Christ saying, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. And we have a sense when we read the Gospel of John that it is constructed and emphasized in a different way from Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And I think if we look at it from a liturgical and sacramental perspective, we can understand it better. And so there's something from the very beginning of it, just the structure of the Gospel of John in his first chapter John it is teaching us why we worship the way we do. The Word of God... The Lamb of God. What does that sound like? What does that look like? What does that feel like? The Divine Liturgy. Because in the first part of the Divine Liturgy, the worship is centered on the Liturgy of the Word. The Liturgy of the Word of God and its explanation. But the second part of the Divine Liturgy is the participation in the Lamb of God, in His body and His blood, in in the sacrificial Lamb who takes away the sins of the world. And so we see the Divine Liturgy and the structure of our worship stamped on the first chapter of the Gospel of John, which we read and emphasize today. There are actually four days after this prologue of John is presented. There, there are four days. It says, um, <clears throat> This is the testimony of John when the Jews sent the priests and Levites from Jerusalem and asked him, Who are you? And so on this first day the priest and the Levites and the Pharisees are coming out to St. John where he's baptizing and saying, who are you? Where did you come from? The second day, the next day, John sees Jesus coming toward him and baptizes him. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He says it again. And he baptizes him. And then on the third day... It says, again, the next day, and this is where our gospel lesson picks up this morning, the two of his disciples, looking at Jesus, and, and, and walked, walked in the, and, he, and he said to his two disciples, Behold, the Lamb of God. And so jo- John says it again, and he's pointing to his disciples to now follow Jesus instead of him. And Andrew was one of these. And they followed him and they said, Where are you staying? And he says, Come and see. And they listened to him speak, and Andrew went and got his brother. Can you imagine? You know, here here he is, and he goes and he brings into the fold of Jesus Christ St. Peter the head of the apostles, his brother, one of the greatest acts of evangelism ever in history. Maybe the greatest act. He went and he got his, his brother, brother. And although he was his blood brother, I think we have an injunction before us for all of us to go get our brother human beings to go and to get them. We live in a society where if I go tell somebody what I believe and who I have faith in and even slightly, the least bit suggest that maybe that would be good for you too, I've done a bad thing. I've done something wrong. Well, it's not wrong. We're here today to honor St. Andrew and do what he did and be like him. And he went all over the world preaching the gospel. gospel. Went to, to town after town after town. Did you know he went to Russia? and planted a cross in Russia prophesying the future growth of Christianity in that uh, area of the world a thousand years later. And so then Philip, perhaps Philip was the other of the two. You know, it says the two went and and followed Jesus. Perhaps the, the other one was Philip. We know one of them was Andrew because then it says... Philip went and got Nathanael. And if we look at this progression of, of what happened in Nathanael's life, it's really amazing because in just a very short period of time, Andrew, when he gets the news, he says, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? I mean, he's almost sarcastic about it. Nazareth? Jesus of Nazareth? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? And Philip says to him, well, come and see. And when he comes, before, before he even gets there, Jesus speaks to him and says, behold, an Israelite in whom there is no guile. And Nathanael, again, rather cautious, but uh, obviously taken back, says, well, how do you know me? How do you know me? He says, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. And he comes and stands directly in front of Jesus and he said, you are the Messiah, the Son of God. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? He comes closer. How do you know me? He comes closer. You are the Son of God. And St. Nikolai points out how important it is for each of us to come into the presence of the Lord and how it changes our life when we come into the presence of the Lord and how we receive enlightenment in the presence of the Lord. And when we absent ourselves from the presence of the Lord, we get confused in our own mind. We become cynical. We become sarcastic. But when we bring ourselves into the presence of the Lord, somehow we can't explain it. It kind of all falls away, doesn't it? The saints of God are alive and well and present and working in our lives today. And I'd like to conclude with a short story about St. Andrew, the first call. Back in late 1991, early 1992, Father Peter Gilquist was asked to meet with some people down in Riverside, California, a fledgling mission church. He challenged them from the get-go. Get, go. He said, I want, you to, I want you to open up your pocketbooks I want you to tithe and believe that God will bless you if you tithe. And we're going to bring a priest in here, and I want you to support him full time from the very beginning. And if you do that, you'll grow, and you'll grow fast. And if you don't, you'll just struggle and struggle and struggle along. They took the challenge, and my brother was brought out there to be the first pastor of that mission church. And by the summer... Midsummer of 1992, they were looking for full recognition from the Archdiocese as a full-fledged mission and to receive a name. There had been a long-standing plan in the Southern California, in the L.A. Basin, that after St. Nicholas Cathedral, which is the mother church there, that the next four churches that were built would be named after the four evangelists. And so St. Luke was started started on Garden Grove. Grove. And then St. Mark Church in Irvine. And now it's time for Riverside. Well, of course we know Uh, and St. Matthew in Torrance. So there's three out of the the four. Okay, so here's the fourth one, St. Riverside. We know what it's going to be, right? And so my brother wrote this letter and put St. John at the top, figuring, well, you know, we know that's what it's going to be. And I don't know what the other two were. Bishop Bontoon received the letter right as Hurricane Andrew was storming through the Gulf of Mexico and devastating Florida and uh, Alabama. He called my brother on the phone and he said, I received your letter. I want you to write me another letter. And this time I want you to include St. Andrew as one of the options. And so my brother rewrote the letter, including St. Andrew as one of the options. And Bishop Antoon came out the weekend, this weekend, I believe it was the 29th of October, and named the community in Riverside for St. Andrew, the first call. He wanted to be the patron of that church. And he is the patron of that church. And he is an example to each and every one of us that the gospel is to be spread and spoken of even under the threat of sword, persecution, ridicule, revilement. You remember the epistle lesson this morning? how the apostles were slapped, slapped, trampled underfoot, ridiculed, thrown on the dung heap. That's read because that's how they treated St. Andrew. Who knows? They may treat us that way one day. If they do, we know who to call upon for help. Our Father in Christ St. Andrew, the first called apostle, by the intercessions of the holy apostle Andrew, Lord Jesus Christ, our God, have mercy on us and save us. Amen.